Good to see you. Nice to be back at church. Last weekend, I had a weekend off. Got a little confusing in the messaging, I believe. Um, some people believed I went to Australia for the weekend. Yeah. I, on my private jet. Um, but no, no, I didn't. I, we had Australian friends come and we went to Big White. And, um, and there, I attempted to ski for the weekend. I say attempted because it was big white out at big white and the fog descended and, um, and it was dreadful. And I prayed this morning, Lord, too much fog. Will you not make the sun stand still, but will you turn the sun on today? So there we go. You're welcome. Um, no. What a glorious morning though, isn't it? What an absolutely fantastic morning here in Kelowna and I'm glad to be back preaching and sharing. Pastor Jordan did an excellent job last week and um, now he's off. It's all this Christmas time after all that has been going on. Uh, and, and what a uh, fantastic 21 days of prayer we are having and stepping in and believing. It's been, and thank you for your your faithfulness. This week, of course, we fast Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday in whichever way you're choosing to do it or just take a day. But uh, the first week, we fasted for a day as a whole church. The second week, we fasted for two days. And this week, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, as we step in to a major evangelistic outreach on Thursday, Friday, Saturday with the show, The Hiding Place, the story of Kari Ten Boom, and at the end of it, a real clear presentation of the gospel. Um, please invite your friends, family, people that have disconnected, people that have got discombobulated through COVID. Get them here. Get them. They'll have a great time, and and we want to continue our journey and and of um, outreach and mission as we planned in October. I just returned from. Um, uh, Garden Lake, uh, Friday, Saturday, with our elders board, and we had uh, 48 hours of prayer and seeking the Lord, and it was magnificent. Friday night, we prayed through uh, the tabernacle prayer and went through the process of what each item of the tabernacle represents within the new covenant and, and prayed all the way into the Holy of Holies. We started at, I think, 6.15 and we finished at 10 o'clock at night. It was amazing. That was in the evening as well. We didn't like, go all day. Uh, but four hours. I'm so blessed that we have um, a, a board like that. In the morning, we got up and did an inventory of all the pain and the battles and the difficulties we faced through COVID as a church and did a kind of church-wide set free and prayed and asked the Lord's forgiveness, asked the Lord's intervention. We blessed and, and, and released God's blessing. We stood against the enemy and that went for about um, three hours in the morning and then uh, we actually then got down to business. So if you want to know uh, what our board's like, they, they're, they're, they're praying. And I'm glad about that because our elders should be praying, amen? And um, it's good. But I wanted to share with you is, I wanted to talk about the word 
perseverance. In February, we're going to dive deep into the book of John and I'll be teaching sections of John and going verse by verse and working through the stories. But I really want to take a moment to unpack the theme of perseverance biblically. Because we need perseverance. Perseverance is something that the enemy wants to rob from each of our lives. Perseverance is something that we need in today's Christianity to make a difference. And what we often do not realize, dear friends, is is that we need perseverance because we are fighting discouragement. And discouragement is one of the key areas that the enemy is using this year in the life of the church and the life of the church across Canada and the life of the church um, uh, around the Western world is there's a sense of disappointment, a sense of discouragement, a feeling of being overwhelmed. And this is a strategic strategy of the enemy to bring us down and to, to stop us from persevering. And persevering is a gift. Persevering is a calling. Perseverance is something that every one of you who bear the name of the Lord Jesus Christ in your life is called to do. We are called to persevere because sometimes we truly do just feel overwhelmed. Sometimes we truly do just feel, I, I, wanna, I, I want Elvis to leave the building. I've, I've had enough. I truly am suffering and I am battling and it is difficult and I feel overwhelmed and I'm trying to fight. Now this feeling of being overwhelmed is not unusual in the life of believers. And yet we've got so used to everything going exactly how we want it to go. We've got so used to to, being comfortable and when we experience times of difficulty, sometimes it, it discombobulates us. It sends us into a bit of a spin. It, it, it's like, like it's difficult. But I want to remind you that, that the Apostle Paul um, took perseverance incredibly seriously. Why is it important to persevere? First, it is the chief way that we resist the devil and that we resist temptation and we resist the darkness and, and the spiritual battle that every one of us are in. And maybe you don't realize, but perseverance is a gift from God that we will keep moving forward. Look at the words of the Apostle Paul. We do not want you to be uninformed. He wants to remind them that that this is a battle. He wants to inform them. And it may not be popular, but I want to inform you, brothers, about the hardships we suffer in the province of Asia. We are under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired even of our life. Indeed, in our hearts, we felt the sentence of death. This is the Apostle Paul speaking. You know, if a Christian came to you for counseling and said, I am despairing. Even to the point of death, you go, whoa, what's going on? You know, phone the therapist, do something. What's taking place? You can't, that you can't be, that must be sin. You can't feel that way. You need to buck your ideas up like a good English person. A stiff of a lip, you need to, to keep going, you. Come on, Paul, you, you man be 
Bambi. How can you, how can you be like this? Look at you, Apostle Paul, having a little moan. Indeed, in our hearts we felt a sentence of death. I, we were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure. Listen, when you're engaging in true spiritual life and spiritual warfare, and you're walking with the Lord, and there are times when you are going to endure great hardship. It is tough. Aren't you glad you came to church? (laughs) It's tough. And we have to be willing to say, okay, perseverance is a gift that God has given us to get through the really difficult times instead of falling away. We have to be willing to understand that. A scripture I used, uh, not last week, but the week before, therefore put on the full armor of God. So that when the day of evil comes, you will be able to stand your ground. And after that, you have done everything to stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth. You're standing on truth always around your waist. With the breastplate of righteousness in place. That we are willing to, to battle and to go for it. And to wear that, that those... That, the armor that God has given us that we will keep going and we will keep enduring and that we will not quit. And the danger is, is that when the going gets tough, we quit. The danger is that we give up. And so I want to encourage you, whether it is in 21 days of prayer, you do not quit. You do not give up. We start believing. We keep persevering. We ask the Lord to give us the spiritual weapon of the power of perseverance within our lives. Perhaps you've never understood that perseverance is a weapon against the enemy. Because the one thing he can't stand is when a Christian will not give up. I'm going. I'm fighting. I'm believing. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to turn up with the gathering of the people of God. I'm going to lift my voice up with the crowds of witnesses. I am going to keep opening my Bible. I'm going to keep loving my family. I'm going to keep serving the world. I'm going to keep going with the gospel because that's what perseverance is. Ah, I love perseverance, I'll be honest. I'm a bit like that. I'm, I'm actually, I'm, I'm a runner. And there's some great runners here, some really unbelievable runners. Al, he, he runs, he's, you know, he's 70 now. I shouldn't mention that, but he was on Facebook. It was his birthday. Al Gillespie, he's a great runner and uh, has done some incredible times in his past. Amazing. And I'm, I try and emulate, but I'm always like, the, I'm the slow boy. But, you know, I'm like, ooh, I've always been, I, and I always get injured. And I'm like, but I'm, I'm, I'm quite determined. And, and I've done some ultra marathons over like 42 miles. What's that in kilometers? I don't know, 5,000. And <laughs> I'm really tough. Went all across Africa. And, and I've done like, in the middle, I, I, I may have, t- many years of my, I told you I did, all, I did three ultra marathons and Four mountain marathons when I was young and my, my body didn't ache. And, and I, w- I did something called the High Peak Mountain Marathon in the Peak District in England in February. It was horrible. It was cold. It was freezing. You had to go through mud. It was 42 miles and we had to navigate everywhere. We all turned up and we all 
all were wearing lycra and there were lots of ultra runners because they like ultra runners, they have little beards and lycra and that's just the women. And, and, it's, um, and I'm like, I started this, I'm going to nail this, I am good, I'm going to nail this. And by, by, what was it, by 30 miles I was dying and I got to Snake Pass. I love that name. Only in England. Snake Pass. And the Derbyshire Peaks overlooking Manchester to the left and Sheffield to the right, depending which way you were standing. And, and I got there and I was shaking. I had hiccups because I was dehydrated. And, and these nice people from the Sheffield University gave us some food. And I, I couldn't do up my, my coat, my zipper and my coat. And I was like, could you help me do the zipper up, please? <laughs> and I was like, ah. Oh. And then I just looked to final 12 miles, and I just thought, you know, I am dying. <laughs> I am broken. It is now something like 9 a.m. in the morning, but I don't care. Even if I die, I'm going to finish this race. Even if I come last, I'm going to finish this race. I do not care anymore. Even if I have to crawl across the Derbyshire rocks, I am going to finish this race. And so I did crawl. <laughs> and off I went and with my little team. And we were like, ah, it was just... And we arrived. There were 47 teams that something like that, that started and, and 32 completed. And we came in number 32. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh, and I was like, sick, I was ill. We were there not for the award ceremony. We were there when the guy in the hall in this little Derbyshire town was just sweeping everything up. And we walked through the door, so we made it. And he's like, I, but I don't care because I ran the race. And I think in our Christian life and the subject of perseverance is that we have to be willing that the weapon of endurance is something that we remind ourselves. Endurance is key in Revelations 12, 11. They overcome him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. They did not love their life so much as to shrink from death. They ran the ultra spiritual marathon even if it meant they were going to die. They wanted to live for Jesus. Even when it hurts. Even when it's tough. Even when we feel like church is irrelevant, we're going to run, even though we want to go. Too many Christians quit minutes before the victory, and then we are robbed of what God wants to do. You know, you don't, you want to keep going. Don't be robbed. He has chosen us as co-workers to establish his kingdom and the destruction of the kingdom of darkness. Spiritual warfare is not a fragment of the Christian life. It is the whole of the Christian experience that we are in a battle, that we are called to go, that we are called to fight, that we are called to persevere. And that's why it's not popular, but some of the old songs from the 18th century and 19th century about, you know, 
Christian soldiers going forward and marching onward, Christian soldiers and, and these kind of songs that we, of course, don't sing these days as much. But they do capture a biblical truth that we are in that battle. And, and at some point we have to say, I don't care whether I die, I'm going to live for Jesus. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to testify for Jesus. I'm going to turn up at the prayer meetings. I'm going to believe for my family. I'm going to wrestle and wrestle for my prodigal and believe that in even the last moments, God will bring that prodigal home, that he will reveal his power. And so we can forget that perseverance is something. Secondly, perseverance is essential for growing our character and the, the one area as a church and as a people we are called to persevere is in our character transformation. Because we want to become more like Jesus Christ. And I think it's one of the most beautiful and yet the most difficult and challenging areas when we're allowing the Lord to change our character. We're allowing him to make a difference in our lives. We're saying, and let's be very honest, we all need a bit of character change, don't we? We shouldn't live with what we've lived with for the last 20 years. We should seek to be transformed. The character, James, beautiful James wrote, Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Who's facing a trial right now? You know, I would probably guess that over two-thirds of us in some area of our life is facing a trial, and I would say that if I sat with all of you long enough, you have a story that would make me weep at some point. Because we've all been through trials. We all need, we've all faced oh, desperate circumstances where we've wondered, where is God in this desperate circumstances? We've struggled. He says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance, and perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete and not lacking anything. It's essential that we develop our characters, and the way that we develop our characters is through perseverance, through the most difficult times, through through trials and difficulties, that we, we, we choose not to crumble through our difficulties, but we choose to grow through our difficulties. And we choose to, to lean in, not lean out, and know that this, this God-given brain that you've been given is plastic. And, like, and then the scientific world has caught up now with the biblical world in this area, that they now know that you can do massive amount of change in your way of thinking and your attitude and your character just by, just by praying and thinking on Scripture changes the way that we think, the renewing of the mind and changes our character. In fact, I read a, a scientific report this week that talked about the power of prayer and meditating on Scripture that actually, if you did it for 30 days, 
it becomes increasingly more difficult in your, in your brain to become angry because the process of sitting and being in the presence of God actually changes the shape of parts of your brain that makes it more difficult to be angry and to be, to be, to be aggressive that you actually alter that part of the brain. And this is... This is happening now, and neuroscience is just exploding, of course. But that's just the way God designed us. He says, you know, if you pray and you sit in my presence, you are going to be transformed. You are going to be changed. Your character is going to be changed. And so we understand this. So we understand because God requires it from us, because we should... Shouldn't insult the spirit of grace. God requires us to see transformation and perseverance with our character and who we are. It's a part of a Christian journey. Because we shouldn't insult the spirit of grace by living the incorrect way. But because godly character traits come with a promise. Though these, through these, he has given us his very great and precious promise. So if you take a view of the promises that come when you allow God to form your character, there are nine clear biblical promises that when you allow God to shape your character, that nine things happen within our lives. These nine things are profound They're amazing. The first thing that happens is that when somebody allows the Lord and perseveres in the transformation of their character, the first thing that happens is that you start to notice that your life becomes fruitful. And that's what the Bible teaches. That when you live like Jesus and you act like Jesus and you start to respond in, in a way, suddenly fruitfulness starts to appear within your life because you are allowing the Lord to shape your character and to form your thinking and you're laying down old habits, old attitudes, frustrations that it starts to shape your 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 character, that fruitfulness comes. Secondly, the scripture says that when our character starts to change, an amazing thing starts to happen. More of our prayers are starting to be answered. Prayers start to be answered because we are getting our lives in line with the Holy Spirit. And we wonder why sometimes some of our prayers are not being answered. And it's often because we are allowing things in our character to dwell that we should not allow to dwell. And we're not on that that journey. The third thing that when we see our character being transformed is what happens is that we do not fall away from faith. Because when we stay exactly how we are, it's easy to go back to the way we were. But when we are being transformed by the power of the Spirit and we're allowing God to shape us, suddenly... Um, we're not falling away. It qualifies us to do ministry and to work and to be able to do that because there's nothing worse than somebody trying to do ministry if they've got bad character, right? It's like, oh, you're leading that Bible group, but you're getting angry with everybody in your Bible group. That does not work. You You first go over to that care group, you're like, oh, this is weird. 
I'm being told off, or that never happens at Willow Park. Our groups are amazing. Um, must happen in another country, like, I don't know. What country shall I say? England. Uh, but I wasn't going to say America, but there's too many Americans here. And I, just for you, I love Americans. Uh, but but we, can, we can end up um, forgetting in our lives. And, and the fourth area is, is we resist the devil. Good character enables you to resist temptation in your life. Good character enables you to, to reveal Jesus to the world. Good character is promised that you will have abundant life. Good character is the ground on which you grow spiritual gifts that can be used in the body. Good character will enable you to receive your full reward when you die and you meet the judge and you come face to face with your saviour and you will be there and he will give you your reward. You say, that's a lot, Phil. It's great, isn't it? Well, you go, where's that in the Bible? Well, let's have a look, shall we? Oh, there we go. There we go. Godly character makes fruitful in our lives. 2 Peter 1.8. Godly character affects the outcome of our prayers. James 4, 2 and 3. It's all there. How are you doing? Godly character keeps us from falling away from God. Godly character qualifies us for ministry. Godly character helps us overcome the devil. Godly character reveals Christ in others. Godly Character and helps us to experience abundant life. Godly character is needed for effective operation of the gifts of the Spirit. Godly character determines our heavenly reward. One thing that we all need is perseverance. And perseverance is a spiritual weapon, a battle that we are in, and we are stepping into that, and we are believing. And so can I encourage you, in the last seven days, the final third of our our time of prayer and fasting, and maybe you haven't been involved in our 21 days of prayer, it's not too late, I now declare this seven days of prayer and fasting. Hooray! (laughs) Welcome to seven days of prayer and fasting, right? So... So we're in seven days of prayer and fasting as a church, just began now. And, and you can get um, final seven devotions sent to you. You can sign up for those. And you can join us at the end of the week on Sunday night for the best prayer meeting of the year. When we bring all of our praise and worship to God and the three things that we are believing for and we're trusting for and we're persevering with and we are not going to give up and we want God to change us. I want to go for it. I was inspired this week as I wrote my article for the newspaper by a story of um, John Stephen Akawanda, Tanzania runner, 1968. He flew 11,000 miles to Mexico City. I love Tanzania, love Africa, and been there many times. And so inspiring. He was at the great 
Olympic Stadium in Mexico City. You may remember it. I, I was four, so I don't. Uh, but I do remember them landing on the moon, though, watching it on one of the moon landings. Yeah. Yeah, that, that stuck with me. But not this moment. I had to read about it. And he went there and ran the, the greatest of all Olympian events, the marathon. Don't care what anybody says, it's the marathon. And it's not hockey, it's the marathon. And, and so I, I, I read this story and, and he went, he arrived, he got ready, the pride of, Zim, uh, um, of Tanzania. And, and he began, and within the first couple of miles, he took a terrible tumble, a fall, and he was crushed. His, his leg was, was, was damaged, and he was wiped out. But then, at the end of the day, at 7 p.m. in the evening, as the final celebrations had finished... The announcer came on and said, Ladies and gentlemen, can we welcome the final marathon runner? And, and the crowd were confused. And all of a sudden, there came a police escort with flashing lights, and there he was, run, not running actually, he was absolutely hobbling, hobbling with his leg bandaged and everything, and he came into the stadium and the whole stadium erupted. Erupted in applause. He got a far greater applause for coming completely last than the guy that won it. But everybody loved him. And he, he hobbled in, went around the arena. They're all clapping, everything. It was Mexico. Oh going for it, and then he passed the finish line. The next day in the press conference, he was asked, why did you keep running when you'd fallen over and smashed your leg and done everything? He said this, I did not fly 11,000 miles so that I would start a race and not finish it. I traveled 11,000 miles so that I would start a race and I would finish it. That's the spirit of perseverance. That's the biblical sense within our lives that we persevere and that we keep running and we keep believing. We persevere with our character. We persevere with being willing to be in the presence of God. We persevere in our lives and we don't give up on what God wants to do in the church. Next week... We'll get to point three. I was aiming to preach three points this, but nope. So, we didn't get there, did I? For salvation and spiritual growth of others, we are called to persevere. Let's stand together. I always think about that runner, 68, 1968. 
lying aside the road, they obviously cared for him. They bandaged his leg because when I googled all the photographs and looked at him and saw his smiling face, I saw the bandages all down his leg and I saw he was covered, still had blood on him when he came in. To um, I thought of those people that came alongside and bandaged him and cared for him at just that moment and he just carried on running. I don't know. And often we need each other. We need prayer. We need to say yes. I am willing to keep running. And if my aim today was anything, it was just to encourage you to keep persevering, to keep running the race, to keep going for it, and to keep the renewal of your heart and the relationship with Jesus growing and going for that. So I'm going to invite uh, prayer members and elders and to just come and stand at the front and prayer members and and be available and as we sing and at the end of the service as well if you would like a little bit of a bit of oil of the spirit of God to heal your wounds on your ultra marathon of faith then come and get some prayer don't be shy come and get a blessing I mean it's a good time the elders have been praying all weekend so they're, they're all fired up now but come on there's nothing to be ashamed of all need prayer. Maybe you're injured on the journey and it's time you are loved and we're a, a church of prayer and perseverance and the enemy has got him, us in his sight actually and we, we, we can see how schemes have been laid and attacks have taken place but we are not to give up. We are persevering and it's so good, so good so good so come on uh, elders prayer people come and be available if you so desire and as we sing let's um, let's sing this as our I'm fighting a battle that you